Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder here at Generations Church, and with me as always is my good friend and the lead pastor at Generations, Jeff Luddington. How you doing, Jeff? Trusty sidekick, Jeff Luddington. I'm here, man. I'm good. What do you have for us today? Dude, we got we got some big questions today. Okay. Um, our students are really interested in this topic, and, and are, there's some confusion involved. And so we've got three questions. Um, two of them are, are on topic, one of them a little bit off topic, but it, it kind of blends in. Okay. And everybody will figure that out as we go. Question one, can you be pro-LGBTQ and still be a Christian? The second question, very similar. Can you be pro-choice when it comes to abortion and still be a Christian? And then the last question, if you are gay, are you still a Christian? That's good. All right, so I want to, as you and I talked before this, I want to separate these out into two categories. Um, It's can you advocate for something as a Christian? I mean, that's kind of the first two questions. Can you advocate for the LGBT community? Um, Can you advocate for choice around abortion, right? The answers there will naturally lend themselves to, is the thing right or wrong? Okay, so, um, and and if it's wrong, what do you do with it, right? And so we'll look at homosexuality today. Uh, It's a very super relevant question. Uh, In the last, uh, just this month, I've actually met with a woman who came out as, as, uh, as gay to me, Uh, I had lunch with a friend whose uh, child was born female uh, almost 17 years ago and is heading towards now taking testosterone. He's not a Christian um, and uh, aiming at, uh, they're using new gender pronouns, things like that. So super relevant, right? This is common. And so there's two things. How, you know, can you be gay and can be a Christian uh, or, you know, transgender would fit in that same thing. Can you advocate for them? And the first thing has to be around what does the Bible say about them? And I want to give us a, a premise, right? Our salvation uh, or the work of the gospel includes categories uh, like justification, meaning how the gospel forgives our sin, right? Sanctification, how the gospel makes us, transforms us to be more like Christ. Glorification, that's basically do we go to heaven, right? The gospel speaks into all three things, but it speaks to them separately, right? You're justified at the cross, right? The gospel forgives your sin. Uh, You're not sanctified, right? Sanctification takes place over time. In fact, the longer you live, the more sanctification you'll have because you'll never be perfect, right? Until you're standing before God, glorified, moving into heaven, then you'll be made perfect. So those three things, those are important for our conversation together. So let me oddly throw a question back to you. So when people ask about being gay and being a Christian, right, Christians typically go to Scripture, where do they go? Uh, I think a lot of times we're focusing mainly on New Testament, uh, 1 Corinthians and Romans. Okay. And so I'll just read a a couple of passages from those, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. A lot of people turn to those passages which say, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So it seems pretty direct, pretty clear. Right. 
Romans 1, and we'll hit more of this in a, in a minute, but 26 and 27, for this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. So my question would be, do these passages mean that someone who practices homosexuality will be excluded from heaven? Yeah, that's great. So here's what this passage, these passages, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and uh, Romans 1, 27, 26 and 27, here's what they clearly say. Uh, Same-sex activity is sin. Okay, they, they clearly spell that out, right? And so um, it calls them, uh, and now 1 Corinthians doesn't limit it to that. It uses sexually immoral, adulterers, homosexuals. So it gives three categories of sexual sin, but active lifestyle categories, right? And so for me, here's what that includes. That's the boyfriend sleeping with the girlfriend, right? That's the husband cheating on the spouse, uh, on the wife, or, you know, vice versa. It doesn't have to be gender specific, right? That is the person engaged in pornography. Uh, that's sexual sin. It's outlining that, right? Um, it calls that dishonorable. And then in Romans, it's very clear women exchanging natural relationship with men for unnatural ones with women, men exchanging up natural relations with women for unnatural ones with men. Um, and it calls it shameless. Uh, and both talk about them receiving their penalty. Now, Christians, any Christian, almost any, and, and the ones that are the exception of the rule actually need work on their gospel. And so I, I say it that way for a reason. Almost any Christian, if pushed, will get to the answer that it is not our sin that keeps us out of heaven. It is the fact of whether we're in Christ or not in Christ, right? And so is the person who is gay or whatever it might be, are they in Christ or are they not in Christ? That's the big question that needs to be determined. If they're in Christ, they've been justified, meaning forgiven of their sins. That does not mean they've been sanctified necessarily, right? Made more like Jesus, and, and that's an ongoing process, like we said. And then the question is, will they be glorified, right? And so from the, uh, from the Reformed perspective, where we're coming theologically, those three things need to be addressed. And so let's take those passages, ask what they say, so we can get to what they mean. So back up a little bit, give us a little context for, we'll just do the Romans passage. Like, so give me the, you know, the few verses, and a couple verses in front of it. Right. So when I read Romans 1, 26, it starts with, for this reason, right. God gave them up. So let's look back and see what that reason was. So in verses 24 and 25, Paul writes, Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Right. So the context for this, right, is um, what I'm going to summarize it by saying idolatry, right? And so we are all idolatrous. Like uh, Calvin famously said 500 years ago that our hearts are factories for idols and we turn out idols night and day. And so idols are anything that we give worship to other than God. And that's what Romans is talking about. God gave them up to their sin. He's going to talk about their sin in a second. But he gave them up to that. And because what they did was they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. That's important in our culture today. 
But he goes further and he says they served the creature, served worship the creature rather than the creator. So when we trade worship of God for worship of something created, so now insert sexuality or sex in general. God created sex, God created sexuality, God created humanity, and then he gave it to us and, and said, here's how you do it. Here's how it is glorifying to God. And then we're on the other side of that conversation. Here's how it's not glorifying to God. But the context for this passage is idolatry, trading the truth of God, what is true about humanity, for a lie and worshiping, serving created things. That could be money, that could be sex, that could be pride, that could be anything, right? Pastors get caught up in idolizing, excuse me, I can't talk, idolizing ministry rather than being a servant in a church, right? And so that that can happen in lots of ways. The context for Romans is, so far, Sexual sin is a part of it, right? So that goes on to the giving them up to dishonorable passions, women with women, men with men, calling it shameless, but it keeps going. So what is it, you know, what, what's the next part? Okay, so looking at 28 through 32 of Romans 1, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, <laughs> A lot of long words in here. Yeah. Malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. So gay people deserve to die. Is that what it's saying? It's, it seems to be saying that. Ah. But I think who all, else of us, all of us fit in there somewhere, right? Okay, so who Disobedient deserves... Disobedient to parents. Right. I know you would say that you're a I parent. I would have no students left, and, <laughs> and I would not be around either. Right. Okay, so gossips. I've never walked into a church. So I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for a long time. I've never been a part of a church that didn't really, really struggle with gossip. Like, we live in a world filled with gossip. Does it say gossips deserve to die? It does. Ah, okay. So what happens with Christians, I think, very, very wrongly, and what happens to the LGBT community very, very unfairly, is they are isolated in this conversation and other parts are ignored. Okay, so gossips, evil, um, slanderers, people talking poorly about others, right? disobedient to parents, all those deserve to die. Okay, so if you deserve hell, that doesn't mean you're going to hell. It means you deserve hell. And the defining line is, are you in Christ or not, right? Now, again, this is, this is and we're doing this in a 20-minute podcast. I mean, there's so much to this, right? So there's a distinction between can you be gay Meaning, can you be a male attracted to males and females attracted to females and still be a Christian? And the, and the answer has to be yes, right? Can you be attracted to, well, yes, right? I'm, a, I'm attracted, I'm a male, born male, I'm cisgender white male, right? Uh, and I'm attracted to women. Now, I'm married, I don't get to be attracted to women. I'm called to be attracted to my wife, okay? So, but if I'm attracted to women, I can either live that out under restraint, without lust, without sexual sin, without whatever, and I can be faithful to my wife. Or even as a straight man, I can be lustful towards other women, or I could have an affair, 
or I could be unmarried sleeping with my girlfriend, or I could be downloading pornography and guilty of this same sin, right? Remember 1 Corinthians 6 didn't just talk about homosexuality. It talked about uh, sexually immoral, which covers all those things I just said, uh, adulterers, people that cheat on their spouses, and homosexuals. So it, it lists a list of sexual sin. Romans goes on and gives all kinds of sins. And all those sins fit under the context of trading in the truth of God for a lie, worshiping created things versus the creator. So the sin is in false worship. So if you worship sexuality, whether you do it as a straight person or as a gay person, uh, whether you uh, idolize, I can't talk, you can't talk, we're having a good thing we don't talk for a living here, right? <laughs> if, if you worship gender, or your perception of gender beyond the truth of God that there are two created genders and that they're not fluid, right? There may be more conversation here, but that they're not, you don't get to change them. It's genetic. It's how you're born, right? If you exchange any of those truths for a lie, you drift into sin. Now, what does the Christian who drifts into sin do with that? And sanctification is this process where we deal with our sin and become more like Jesus. That is the work of the gospel applied to us by the Holy Spirit. If you come to faith and you're gay and you're in a you know, same-sex marriage or you're in a, in a dating relationship or you're sleeping around or you're straight and you're sleeping with your girlfriend or you're married and you're downloading porn or cheating on your spouse, whatever. You come to faith day one, you haven't changed any of those things and you die that night, are you going to heaven? I mean, I say yes. I say the thief on the cross came to faith. He was still a thief at that moment, right? He hadn't really changed anything, but he'd come to faith. Now, if he got off the cross and got to live, different expectations would be placed on him. So the homosexual or the porn guy who comes to faith, expectations are placed on them. But that's over time. Like, we've got to give some people time to change. I didn't change overnight. And so sanctification becomes different than justification, right? In Christ, you could still be attracted to and maybe maturing through or being sanctified through that and still go to heaven. Or you could be living that way ignoring God, and I would suggest maybe you're not in Christ, right? I mean, like, maybe you're not a Christian. If your sexuality is more important to you than what God says about it, then you have to wrestle with the questions, am I truly a Christian, right? Does that make sense? And so we have to deal with this. Now, verse 32 is key for our conversation today. Though they knew God's righteous decree, so there's a qualifier. Do they know that their sexuality, their gender, their choice about unborn life, do they know it's a sin? Right? And we'll talk about abortion next week. We'll talk about, is that life? Is it not? And then we can answer the question, can you be pro-choice or not? Well, I have to answer the question, is it godly or not? And then we can answer it. Though they know God's righteous decree, so there's a knowledge and understanding of it inside the gospel. Those who practice such things. So it's not attraction, it's activity. So same-sex attraction isn't sin, same-sex activity is, right? Those who know better and practice deserve to die. doesn't mean necessarily they will, they deserve a penalty. Now, are they in Christ? Where are they in their faith? All those things are, we'll call that above my pay grade, right? We'll call that, I would tell you it's, it's bad for you and don't do it. This is sin. This is not God's best for you. But really, once we get a Christian who is still actively sinning in any case of sin, those are things they have to deal with in God, now in, in Christ, right? But listen to this last line, and they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Now we're talking about how I approve of sin in other people's life or disapprove of. 
And that gets us into our advocacy stuff. So we talked a little bit earlier about there are ways to advocate for that community, right, without saying that it's not a sin. Yeah. So how would you do that? So in my book, Frustrated, uh, the full title is Frustrated, How the Bible Resolves Life's Tough Questions. Life's Tough Questions. One of the things that caused me to write this book was my response to the church, how they dealt with the LGBT community, right? So we're in the greater Long Beach area, one of the highest density populations of the LGBT community in America. Okay, the church is very poor, uh, does very poorly at dealing with the LGBT community. There's two responses. One, we ignore it. We say, God loves you just as you are. Come on in. We never talk about sin. God wants you to be happy. Okay, that's the liberal church. The conservative church over on the other side, that lifestyle sin, that's going to send you to hell. I mean, those are the two primary responses, right? The Bible gives a different answer. It talks about attraction as different than activity. It talks about a process of sanctification that you're accountable for what you understand and what you know and how you live that out. That's different, right? And so in my book, like I work through that. And so I try and always remind ourselves we're equally sinful. You and I are broken, sinful, born broken. We may not have been born gay, but like I always tell people, man, all the Ten Commandments, like I did everything wrong. I just wasn't gay, right? And, and so like I did it, all, but I, all my sexual sin was still sin. It just was with women, not men. And so leveling the playing field of brokenness is helpful, right? And, okay, I'm equal to you, no matter what your sin is. Christ is the answer to sin, to life, right? So we can advocate for how we treat people, not advocate for a sinful lifestyle. All right, so let me just bring up as we finish up a couple questions that kids tend to ask. I've had a lot of students struggle with this topic. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my students, probably most of my students, know someone who struggles yeah. with same-sex attraction, who is part of this community. And they would say that the people they know, their friends, their family members, didn't just choose one day, didn't wake up one day and say, I want to make my life really difficult. I'm going to stop being attracted to men and I'm going to be attracted to women instead or, or the other way around. And, and they would say that, well, God created me this way, or God created them this way, and then says that they can't act on that because it goes against his law. Right. Um, it, to them, it doesn't seem fair. How would you respond to that? So I would, I would say it differently, and here's what I would walk them back through. So God didn't create gay people, right? God created humanity sinless. Humanity chose to sin. We all have chosen to sin, and what we did is broke humanity. So now we're all born sinful. I was born, not created by God to be sinful. I was born sinful, right? Humanity was created sinless. Humanity sinned, and now all of humanity is born sinful. So I, I would not, and I know some of the church argues with people being born predisposed to being gay, and, but most people say that there is a genetic predisposition towards addiction, right? So I don't have a problem with any of that. Let's say you're born gay, born transgender, born something, whatever. Okay, I don't have a problem with that because inside of Scripture, I see we're all born in sin. So your brokenness, my brokenness might be different, but we were born predisposed towards sin, right? That is the doctrine of original sin, right? That we are all born sinful, that we are totally depraved, and that, that, that it'll all look different. So God didn't create them gay. God created humanity sinless. We were born this way, and so God can say the way they are living is wrong. Just like the way I'm living, there are facets of life that are wrong, right? So all of us have sin. And so then we learn how to treat people that way. But it is unfair to say God created them sinful. He didn't. He created them sinless. We have added sin. We are equally guilty, collectively. 
All right. And the last thing, and I, I think we talked about this just a little bit, but I, I think it's important for people our age and older to know that our our teens are dealing with yeah. this idea that, that wherever they fall on this, as far as whether they agree, disagree, most of them would agree and say that um, they really struggle with and are confused by how the church reacts to this. Yeah. They seem to make a bigger deal out of this particular sin uh, than most other sins. And a lot of students would say, man, if I was struggling with addiction, if I was struggling with gossiping, I could go to my youth pastor, I could go to my parents, my Christian parents, I could go to my Christian friends yeah. or my pastor, and I could, and they would help me through this. But a lot of them would say, if I'm same-sex attracted, I don't feel comfortable talking to any Christian about that because Christians are portrayed as being very judgmental and very much against this particular sin. Yeah, Christians don't always well represent Jesus, right? And so uh, Jesus dealt with sinful people in some amazing ways. Uh, Christians tend to be judgmental, and that's, that's a fair assessment of Christianity today. So the church gets this wrong a lot. And, um, you know, like culture has stigmatized mental illness, the church has stigmatized the LGBT community. And bluntly, uh, it's because 96% of the church is straight. And so it's the one thing that most people in the church can point at that they're not doing, right? And so there's a sense that there's a bit of that. Uh, there's a bit of hypocrisy in not seeing their own sexual sin, their own sexual proclivities, and, and, and their own distance from God in areas, and treating one group as worse than another. And, and it's not like we're talking about, you know, a rapist, a pedophile who's hurting somebody. We're talking about somebody who is choosing, uh, with someone else who's consenting, to live in a certain way, just like we choose to sin or whatever. And so leveling the playing field is critical, right? That our church needs to treat sin as sin um, and, and understand ourselves in light of sexual sin, which we all probably struggle with. And ha this is one version of it, right? Um, the church doesn't do well with this because it, it really likes to isolate something they're not doing. Again, that passage in Romans goes from homosexuality to murder to gossip, right? If we were, you know, and you never hear the church saying, hey, all gospers are going to hell, right? Which would be an unfair statement, but it would fit in the context of like all gay people are going to hell. Like it does, we, we treat some things different than others. We need to do better at our biblical exegesis, and we need to understand the distinction between justification and sanctification and glorification, right? And we also need to understand the difference between attraction and activity. And if we can wrap our heads around that and we can come in with humility, we can treat people equitably. So in the case of advocacy, I advocate that the church should treat the LGBT community differently. Not, I'm not advocating for same-sex marriage or, or activity. I'm not advocating for sin. I'm not doing that. But I'm advocating for loving people of all types who are sinful, just as I am sinful, you are sinful. We're just, the only thing better about me is I'm in Christ, right? Like that I've got that and I want to offer that to other people. Right, and we'll wrap it up with, with that. And, and we've talked about this before, the idea that the church needs to be accepting of broken people. Yeah, all right? of them. Yeah, right. and we, we're all broken. And so... Yeah, for a church to, to tell somebody they can't attend, they can't come here, um, you know, we should be out loving, we should be out caring and, and treating people, as you said, the way Jesus did, loving on them, helping them through whatever they're, they're going through. Um, and so I think that's something that's a great way to end is, is to, to understand people are struggling with this and, and be loving. Uh, we want to thank you for listening. 
As always, we uh, release a new episode every single Tuesday from our currently our, our questions from the classroom series. We'd love for you to uh, share this with other people, sit down, talk about it with them, like it, subscribe to it. And uh, we pray that you have a blessed week and we will hopefully be able to have you with us next week. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church, G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at ginfamilychurch.